Thank you for joining us for this month's Bill Purvis Leadership Lesson. One of the worst enemies that a growing leader must deal with is pride. It will invade and destroy every aspect of your life. Unlike most enemies that you deal with, pride will often go unnoticed and untreated. If you don't think you need this lesson, you probably do. Now let's join Bill Purvis for this month's lesson. All right, I want to talk to you for just a moment as we start again our behind-the-scenes lesson today, uh, staff and, uh, and those of you listening, about uh, a subject that I think, of, for me, I, needed, I should have heard it a long time ago, but it's one of the things that I need to know uh, all the time. It's kind of that lesson I'll, I don't want to forget. Uh, it's, it's called a leader's worst enemy. And, um, and there are a lot of problems that you can get in life, and there are a lot of problems out there. And so uh, some of you staff, if I were to ask you, you know, what do you think could be your own worst enemy? What do you think would be the problem that, uh, that if you're not careful of, it would mess you up or shipwreck you or veer you off track? What is you have to guard? And, uh, and if you've got any feedback, I'll take some of that for just a moment, and then I'll share with you what I, what I consider to be the worst. So uh, let's get started, all right? Uh, Lauren, I see a hand here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's right. The uh, uh, guarding your vision or guarding your uh, focus to make sure that other people don't get you on their track or get you derailed, and uh, that's a good one. Jennifer, I think you can get in your own way. You can think about it too much or doubt yourself, or you know, just get in your own way and hold yourself back. Yeah, yeah. Good way of putting it. You can get in your own way because you you think about it too much, you overanalyze it. Uh, you, you don't you don't fire when you should fire and execute when you should execute. Yeah. Any others? Any, any anything else you think can be your enemy or get in your way? Your, your talent. Yeah. You're not managing your, your time correctly. Right. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. Guarding your time is one of the big things. A time management issue is one of the things that a lot of people have problems with. Uh, it's it's figuring out. Uh, I've only got a certain amount of time, so how do I focus on that and uh, and and putting that under control? And um, any others? If there's if there's not, I'll give you the one that I've got. And, uh, and give you that thought. I think, I think um, quitting too soon. It's always too soon to quit. Yeah. If you have a vision, that means you put the homework into it. Right. And you've thought of a good portion of the mistakes you possibly could make, but it's always the one you don't see is the one that, that knocks you down. Yeah. And if you stay down, yep. it's always too quick. I mean, it's always too I, soon. I agree, Steve. Steve says quitting too soon, and, uh, and, and when you do, you probably never see what you could have could have seen because you you gave up somewhere on the journey. I, I think you're right. I, and, and honestly, I, I, I hate to say this, I think y'all's are as good as mine. So it may not be that mine's the worst. Mine's going to be the internal thing. And so uh, it's something we've been talking about here lately for a few things, uh, a few weeks. And, uh, and so for the behind-the-scenes listeners, these folks that are leaders, I really want you to get it so that you can go forward. And I want you to grab what some of the staff just shared because that is the secret, not getting your own way, not getting off on somebody else's agenda, not quitting too soon. All of those things are exactly right, and, uh, and I want you to know that. Let me tell you the thing that I think will trip you up. When you begin to grow and you start to develop in your leadership skill, and if you start growing, you will develop. You, know, you, you, will, you will see that uh, more success comes your way. And the good news is, is that the, uh, the, the more you want to grow, the more success you're going to see. So that's the, that's the part that you look in the mirror and say, I am where I am because of what I did, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, the, I'm getting the chance to chart my own pace in life. So the good news is if I'm growing and developing in leadership, that I'm going to see success. The bad news is success is going to bring some enemies. Uh, there are going to be a lot of enemies that come. I've often said it this way. 
Uh, people will forgive you for anything except success. You know, you can murder, you can cheat, you can lie, you can steal, and you can say, I'm sorry. They'll say, okay, we forgive you. But if you have ambition, you want to grow, you really want to be somebody, you want to push it, if you just don't want to be average or common, uh, you're going to find that some people that want to be average and common are going to be upset with you. So they're going to they're gonna attack you or accuse you or question your motives or say you got lucky or whatever. And you'll find yourself always defending your success. And, uh, and it's harder to motivate everybody else to be a part of it because most people want to be average. So that's one enemy. Uh, another enemy will be jealousy. You know, uh, how many of us know people that, man, the, the moment they started, that they were liked, but the moment they started to succeed, all of a sudden they started being unliked. And, uh, and jealousy is always projected at someone that they feel threatened by. Uh, another is, though, that people may come along and want to piggyback off your success. Um, I remember before we had a measure of success, and I just started off as pastor, uh, nobody would open a door for me. They, wouldn't, they, didn't, they didn't answer the phone for me. They didn't return my calls. I don't even think they read my mail. You know, I mean, it's just, it was just bad. And in those days, you just worked hard and pushed. But it was amazing how that when suddenly we began to reach a level that, that we were seen as successful in the eyes of the community, all of a sudden, it was not a problem then. Everybody came. And then it wasn't a matter of, of you know, being, being uh, uh, accepted. It was a matter now of not, of not being used because everybody wanted to piggyback off of it. Election time, all the politicians showed up and shook hands with our members during election time because they knew we can get more voters right there than going, by, going to 10 churches in our city. So they would come to us during that time, and, man, they'd hang around. They'd start early, and they'd finish late, and they'd go down to the nursery and tell everybody how cute their baby was. And, and they, they really worked it because they knew in a few weeks they needed to vote, and they wanted to do that. And so that, that's what happens when you succeed. Um, you'll attract a lot of people that want to lure you to their purpose. And, uh, and then there's also there's a group that I've noticed. There are some people that will, that will approach you, and they feel you're obligated to share your success with them. You know, the Bible says wealth adds many friends. And that is, as soon as you, uh, you start to get something, you'll have everybody come out of the woodwork with their hand out. You know, and they're saying, give it to me. Share it with me. And, uh, you know, I, I was with a guy the other day on a plane, and, and, uh, and I had a magazine, and the magazine had a successful person on the front. And this man I don't even know on the plane said, uh, wonder what he does with all that money. And he was griping about it. You know, he was acting like, like that man was obligated to share that money with him. And, and I was thinking it was his money. You know, he can do what he wants with his money. If he wants to go throw it all in, a, in the Grand Canyon, he can do it. If he wants to feed everybody in, in Africa, he can. But it's still his money. And, and sometimes people, when you succeed, will come to you from everywhere, and they want what you've earned. I often said it this way. They always want what you've earned and not what you've learned. They, they want to get what you got, but they don't want to go through the process to get what you got. And so uh, those are some of the enemies. Let me give you for a moment here what I believe the greatest enemy of success can be, the, the one that will surely bring you down if you're not careful, and that's this. The greatest enemy of success in my book is called pride. Uh, it's a wicked little embryo that will grow up to be a monster, and you have to watch it. Uh, pride is known by a lot of names. It, it's called arrogance, conceit, smugness. The Bible will use the word haughtiness, uh, egotism, or superiority. And, uh, and all leaders 
can be uh, susceptible to pride. The reason is because by nature, leaders want to win. So by nature, you want to give out and give it your best. You really want to be, you know, on top. You want it to be fair. You don't want to hurt anybody, but you also uh, want to win. The problem with that is the pitfall is that there is an innocent spirit or innocent desire to want to give it your best. But after you win, if you're not careful, it can turn, if not checked, into a competitive spirit and a spirit that says, I'm better than. Uh, and, and, and if you ever feel yourself thinking that you're, you're better than another person, uh, better than another church, better than another company, better than another organization, then it's the, it's the embryo of pride that's starting to grow to be that monster. If you feel threatened by another person or another church or another company, if you start feeling threatened by that and you start worrying about that and, and you keep your eyes on them all the time, what are they doing and where are they at, it's the evidence that pride is there. And so the key is going to be that you got to make sure that, that when, you, when you reach the top or you start moving toward the top that you don't allow that stuff to get in or that can become what we call the beginning of the end. Um, when a person says to me sometimes, and it, and it may not be for everybody, I don't know, you know, staff, you probably know that there are times in your life somebody will just say something to you and, and it's like a red flag. You know, you go in one way, all of a sudden they'll say something and you go, ooh, what what that comment mean? And sometimes they'll say something and you say, that's a little dangerous. When I hear people say, I'm jealous of you or I'm jealous of that, even in teasing when they say I'm jealous, for me it's always a neon flag. You know, it, it just kind of goes off. I think, whoa, wait a minute. And, and, and it's because that jealousy can become that part of a uh, deep-seated competitive spirit. And there's nothing wrong with competition like ball games, athletics, and all that, because you know in those things what the rules are. But when it comes to friendship, the rules ought to be that I want my friend to succeed and I want my friend to win. The rules ought to be in relationships that I'm in here to help you and to, and to be someone you can trust and support. So the rules are different. Sometimes when I say competitive spirit, people think, oh, that means you're not supposed to be competitive in athletics? No, but the rules are real clear. You're not trying to hurt somebody. You're just trying to give your best and, and get a win because that's the rules. But in relationships, it's dangerous. You'll never build a relationship deeply with a person who's jealous or competitive with you. It just can't happen. And, um, and so the key for us is to keep our ego in check. Uh, keep a grateful heart. Uh, learn to rejoice in the wins of other people. And, and one secret is don't take yourself so seriously. You know, if you, if you make some mistakes, you got to stop and say, hey, you know, I, I, I messed up here. Uh, and another is to make sure that you avoid the need for the praise of people. If you if you got to have people to praise you all the time, uh, the problem with that is you'll do things that will cut shortcuts and, and take the wrong roads to keep that praise coming. Max Licato had an interesting thing. I read his book the other day. Um, my wife is good about when she reads a book, the problem is she won't let me read it. She reads it to me, you know. And so I, there comes a time I say, look, what did Max say today? Because I gave her a book a few weeks ago, and after I gave her this book, every time I turn around, and Max Cato said this. Max Cato said, okay. And so, so I'm hearing it a lot. But she gave me something that I thought was pretty interesting about pride. There was a little paragraph he made, and it was called Thin Arrogance. And uh, he said, arrogance can be like going up in the high mountains where the altitude is thin, he said, you lose oxygen up there and you'll see people that get arrogant. It's like their head's in the cloud and they can't breathe well. And said, um, and Licato said, arrogance is, is much like that. And he said, the problem is you can climb too high for your own good. 
When you get too high, you will not hear the sounds or the voices of the people below. And you can't see them real well because you're so isolated. Now, what he was saying is, is that you, you're not thinking clearly when you're up too high and you're too far from everybody else. Ar that's why he called it thin arrogance. Uh, arrogance really is the pitfall. So I'm going to ask you to, to, to start a checklist in your life, and I'll show you some things about it. Uh, first of all, I'd ask myself, do I ever feel superior to people who have less than me? If they have less than me, do I feel like I'm better? Uh, am I better than, in my own eyes, the custodian or the waitress or the person that's serving me for an employment? And uh, I've, I've got a pet peeve. You know, I, I just think the way you treat a waitress, uh, because I know how most of them are, m many of them have come through bad marriage situations, trying to raise their family. They're getting paid less than minimum wage and hoping to make their living off of tips. And um, there's probably not anything for me that, that bothers me more. I don't know if it bothers you or not, but it bothers me when I see somebody treating a waitress bad. Um, even with the food. You know, if the food's bad, they didn't cook it. You know, the, the cook cooked it. Go back there and tell the chef, you know. And um, the other day, Debbie and I were in a restaurant, and, and uh, we were enjoying a meal, and the guy beside us, bless his heart, I bet he lost 10 pounds. A couple behind us asked for everything, and then they sent the food back, and, and it was just annoying. The glass didn't have enough ice, and this was too cold, and this was too hot, and, and uh, there was something. I wish I could remember, but it was something really silly that I thought, now that is just beyond. They thought this guy's life purpose was to serve them at that time. And that poor waiter went back and forth and back and forth. I'm not kidding. I bet he made 20 trips to that kitchen during that little time we were sitting there. And, uh, and we, we left, you know, before them, and we, uh, we wrote him a tip. But he was sweating when he'd come to our table. And, um, and I couldn't help but think, I bet they don't leave him a dime, you know. Uh, and, and, and it's sad, but people treat people like that. That's a, that's a part of arrogance. Uh, here's, how you, here's how you view it. Let me give you a couple of thoughts about it. Here's, uh, here's what I know about pride. Number one, pride makes us unteachable. Uh, people that are proud just can't be taught. Proverbs 26, 12 says, Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than this. Uh, we call it a legend in their own mind. Uh, but, uh, but, but pride will make you that. Pride gets you to where you can't be taught. You can't teach somebody's pride because they know it all. Uh, years ago, this is the honest truth, we had a, uh, in those days, a new member class and uh, had this lady come up to me that was really arrogant, and she came up and said, I don't need to go to the class. She said, I know the whole Bible. She said, I probably know it better than you. And I said, well, you could. And she said, uh, I don't really know, need to go to that class. And then she didn't, I don't think she caught what she was saying, she said, there's nothing they can teach me in there. And then she added this. She said, I'm the smartest lady in the world. And when she said, I'm the smartest lady in the world, I don't know. I, I thought, she, is she joking? But she wasn't smiling. And the only thing I could say to her was, ma'am, that must be a huge responsibility. I mean, can you imagine? I'm the smartest person in the world. I mean, the whole world revolves on my answer now. And, uh, and needless to say, she didn't last long. And I don't, I don't see her anymore at the church. Uh, but... But I, I can say to this day, you know, I met the lady who said she's the smartest lady in the world. Now, she might not be, but she said she was. And I believe she believes she was. Uh, that's just pride. Pride is unteachable. Second thing about pride, I know, is this. Pride always leads to conflicts. Uh, Proverbs 13.10 says, through pride comes strife. Uh, you remember the book of James where it talks about pride and what pride does, that, that a person within their heart, where do the conflicts and wars come? It comes from pride. Um, 
Here's a statement I read years ago. The true test of humility in relationships is not how loyal we are when a friend falls, but how happy we are when a friend succeeds. Uh, that's the way you know I'm really their friend. That's the way you know that I don't have pride. I'm not competing with them. If they are succeeding, I'm, I'm celebrating. Uh, the third thing I know about pride is pride will not admit its faults. Uh, you know, when, when a person's proud, they're just afraid. If I, if I say I'm wrong, if I say I'm sorry, that means I'm weak. And it doesn't. If you say you're weak, that, that really is a strength. That's identified. All of us are wrong in some areas. And, and all of us are, are, uh, are going to fail at some times. So the secret to, to the issue is, is how quick am I willing to admit I was wrong? Uh, the fourth thing about pride is this. Pride is quick to find the faults of others. Uh, pride can quickly point out that person over there did this and that one did this. And the reason is it makes us feel better about ourselves. I never forget one time hearing uh, a guy say after the fall of, uh, I think it was the TV evangelist Jim Baker, and uh, when he fell and that whole empire, you know, went belly up. I remember Charles Stanley said this. I think it was him. He said, does it make you feel better about yourself to see somebody else fall? And, and for some people, they do. They feel like when they fail, wow, I'm, I must be okay because I'm still standing. And so that's, that's an indication of pride. Uh, 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 here's, here's the fifth one. Pride is, uh, is the path to a future fall. I, I've never seen it yet where a person who's proud doesn't eventually fall. And there's a scripture for that that says, Pride goes before fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Uh, the secret's going to be, watch the pride in your life. Check that. Don't, when you get good, don't, don't blow up. You know, don't, don't let it go to your head. I've used the illustration before about the woodpecker that was out there in Washington State with those great big old trees that are as big as you can drive a car under them. And he was pecking on a tree and lightning hit the tree and split the tree in half. And a few minutes later, the woodpecker, he was dizzy, he flew away, he came back with about 20 other woodpeckers. He said, there it is, boys. There's the one I knocked down right there. And, and, and pride does that. You know, we're over here by Auburn, Alabama. i never forget one time that uh, there was a boy that scored a touchdown over there, and, and uh, that was when they got the rules about celebrating, you know. And, and he was dancing around the end zone, acting like that he was, you know, he was Deion Sanders or something. And, and Pat Dye grabbed that boy, snatched him to the side, and started yelling at him. And so instead of, uh, instead of commending him for scoring a touchdown, here's the coach yelling in his ear. And he's on national TV. Well, somebody asked me after the game, they said, what did Coach Dye say to you? Because he seemed like he wasn't happy that you scored. He said, Coach Dye said, quit acting like a fool. Don't act like it's the first time you ever scored. And so <laughs> I think there's a, there's a way we have to learn. When you win, you don't have to toot the horn and tell the world. You know, when you win, don't act like it's the first time you ever won. And, and, but pride does that. Pride has a way of blowing it up. How do you get over pride? Let me give you a couple of thoughts. One is see it for what it is. Realize that if I allow it, it'll, it'll cause me to derail. It'll cause me to get sidetracked. If I allow it in my life, what it'll do is it'll stop me. So see it. Acknowledge it in yourself. Uh, the, the Two is admit it when you see it. You know, once you see it, you got to admit it. I get a lot of letters. Uh, they come across my desk, letters like, um, you know, uh, forgive me, I didn't tithe or I didn't... Uh, or I didn't uh, treat somebody right, I, I slandered, or I listened to gossip, or I had an affair. I get all those kind of letters. Rarely do I hear somebody admit, I'm a proud person. You just don't hear about a lot of that. Maybe they're too proud to admit it, but, but rarely do you hear that. Now, I don't think humility is walking around with bad posture. 
Um, I don't think humility is walking around saying, you know, I'm, I'm not humble. You know, I'm not proud. I'm humble. People that do that are really, that's false humility. Heard about a guy one time in church who was so humble, they gave him a humility button. But then they took it away the next week because he wore it. And so the, the, the secret's going to be, I, I'm not thinking of myself so much. It's not that I think about myself all the time. I just don't think about myself that much. I'm thinking about purposes and missions and all that. But admit the pride when you see it. And then obviously just confess it. You know, I tell you that, that, that if you, if you want to be clean before your creator, just tell him, you know, I, man, I, I, I've got pride. And, and I don't have any reason to be. And most of the time I've always seen in my life people that have a lot of pride don't have any reason to be proud. I don't want their life. You don't want their life. They, they're not, you know, I wouldn't trade places with them. And, and so I, 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 I would say always acknowledge where you are. See it, admit it, and confess it. Um, I read a book a couple years ago. It's called The Smartest uh, Men in the Room. And, uh, and when I read the book, it was about the Enron story. And you remember a couple of years ago, Enron went out there to Houston, Texas, and they began to build these pipelines all over the world there in places where they could provide gas and all. And, uh, and it was a great concept, great strategy, great plan. And what they did, the top guys at Enron would only hire the most brilliant people from the most uh, Ivy League colleges. I mean, they went out and got all the stars. And, and it was like a who's who of smart people. Everybody there was smart. And at the top level of the organization, you could not be employed if you weren't brilliant. If you had no one there had ever made a B in their life, no one ever went to a college that wasn't Ivy League. Everyone there, smartest guys in the room. And yet you recall how quickly Enron collapsed. And it collapsed from internally there was a world of pride. Uh, there was so much of the ideas that we don't have to go by the rules. We are smarter than the people that write the rules. And so they ultimately brought their own downfall and they, uh, they, they, they brought their own destruction simply because of pride. And so watch that. Now, I've also, by, by the way, been around Christians. I, I know some Christians and pastors. These are some of the worst. Uh, and I know I've got a lot of pastors listening behind the scenes. I know pastors that can strut sitting down. Uh, the, it, it amazes me at to how arrogant, you know, you go to a preacher's convention and you can meet more arrogance at a convention full of preachers than, and, than, than you know, you'll meet anywhere else. Uh, same thing is true with some of the Christians. You know, there's some churches that turn out because the pastor's arrogant and then the, church, the staff becomes arrogant and then the people become arrogant. And there's certain people that you can meet and you don't even have to ask what church they go to because their arrogance is going to tell you. You just know. And, and, and that's why they've always got strife. That's why there's always conflict. That's why they, 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 they find themselves being put on a shelf spiritually. And, uh, and, and th th what happens is pride will make your best days be behind you. You know, you'll have lived your best life if, if you allow pride. And so keep an eye on it. I, I remember a statement that was said in the Bible one day about Saul. He was a great king. God chose him when he was humble. And this is what, uh, what ought to be a wake-up call for all of us. When, when God went out and chose a guy, Saul, he went out and picked him out, and Saul was the tallest man among all the men. He was the Shaq, the Shaquille O'Neal of the group. And when God picked him, Saul was so, uh, so reluctant and so shy and so humble that Saul went over and hid behind some baggage when they were trying to pick him out. And here's the biggest guy out there hiding because he didn't... 
He didn't feel he was a leader. He didn't feel he could be much. Then God began to bless him. And through the years, he saw success after success. And then what happened was he got proud. And then when God began to take his hand off of him, there was a statement God made about Saul that, that's, that I always read it and say, wow, I, I pray that'll be the, the, the statement that I remember. He said, Saul, when you were little in your own eyes, then I used you. And, and it was the issue of when you didn't see yourself as being this great big king of Israel that was towering and intimidating and had all the answers. When you were little in your own eyes, you were usable. But at this point, he had to take away all of his blessing because he got big in his own eyes. And, and he went out, by the way, and he got a little guy named David who was little in his own eyes, and he brought him up to kill a great big giant, and he blessed him. And the secret was that he could use him because he didn't have pride. And so I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you as staff. I want to challenge you as, uh, as listeners and friends and partners here with Behind the Scenes. I want to challenge you to begin to check out not the arrogance in others. You can always find anybody else. But always keep a check on the arrogance in your own life. And, and make certain that as you watch that in your life, you never allow that cancer to grow or that embryo to start to grow. Because if it does, it'll, it'll hurt you. And so that's the secret to it. Keep an eye, keep a check on the worst enemy that we'll ever meet. And that's the one of pride. Let me pray with you for just a moment. Father, thank you for the privilege again of being able to uh, join with some of the staff and to give them the uh, teaching as well as our behind-the-scenes partners and to guide us to understand that, that that little truth that perhaps we've heard a million times about that worst enemy of pride can also become our greatest downfall. Lord, we want you to bless us. We want you to use our life. We want you to guide our steps. And we want to be usable not just for the moment or for the prize ahead, but for a lifetime. And so keep us wise to pride, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this month's lesson. Just to remind you, our challenge to you this month is to begin to keep a check on the arrogance in your own life. Pride can sneak up on you if you are not alert. If you have identified pride in your life and would like to learn more about it, we encourage you to take advantage of this month's special offer. You can receive the entire seven-part series, Sinigan Island, a $55 value for only $29.95. The series deals with pride as well as the rest of the deadly sins and is sure to be a blessing to you. 